Hey everybody, how you doing? Kelly Johnston here from the Forex Formula. Okay, so we're gonna get right into this. This is part two of the Everald Reed interview. Part one was fantastic. Lots of super awesome nuggets of wisdom there. In this part, I actually reveal the structure of the Forex Formula course as I'm chatting with Everald. Enjoy. Yeah, and it's funny, you got, you're got you talking in fours. What I did in, in my training program, what I've done is I've broken up the four facets yeah. of what I believe a realtor needs to master to be what I call a 4X agent. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of 1X agents out there. There's a lot of 2X agents out there. I was a 1 and 2X agent. I, I mean, I know. And so I knew where the failure was. I knew, I, you know, I started to determine that. The light bulb came on. And so what I, what I decided to do is like I'm taking the course and breaking up into four parts. First part is what I'm calling attract. So that's all about getting the business getting the phone calls, figuring out how to get listings, like all that kind of stuff. So that's attract. And there's a whole pile of things in behind all of that, including mindset, including um, how to speak to people properly, how to get into proper conversations, how to do a, an open house really well, how to, how to lock in a buyer and sit down with them and set the stage on how the process is gonna go. Um, all of that kind of stuff is all in attract. And then there's attain. So attract takes us right up to the listing appointment and the conversation uh, to set up that appointment and do a really good job so you have a really good appointment. Attain is all about the appointments and sitting down with people and locking down that business, attaining the business. Uh -huh. Some people are really good at attracting it and they'll pay tons of money to try and attract business. You don't have to pay a ton of money yeah. to attract business. You really don't. All you're doing is you're setting up uh, you're setting up yourself to attract a bunch of strangers so that people call you up and they go, well, obviously you can pull off something that someone else can't. So now my expectation of you is totally unrealistic. And so that's what you're attracting. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're changing what people are attracting in, in that. So next is serve, serve really well. How do you serve really well? What kind of systems can you put in place? We have a bunch of tools that I've developed over 22 years in my business and almost 2000 deals that we know how to serve people well and you can even plug people in and create good systems for that and then retain after that is the retention of the client so attract attain serve retain you get really good at serve and retain over time really good you don't even have to spend any time or money or anything on attract and attain we did a lot of deals last year i traveled a total of about 35 days last year. We went camping. I don't work 60, 70 hours a week. I don't. I do work six days a week because that's just what I do. I can't help it. I actually love it. I take Sundays for the family. But in that kind of time frame, we're able to produce way more than what most people produce and keep a lot more money. Of course. The, the, the dream business in my mind is that you, you, you can work when you're working, you work. You work when you're working, right? No downtime. No standing around with coffee cups, telling yeah. war stories. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's work, a big waste. Right? Yeah. Do your work. Yeah. Get it done. Spend time. If you want to talk war stories, you want to have conversations with people, call your clients. Have conversations with them. Yeah. Learn more about them. Yeah. You know, ask them how their family is. Like, take that time to do that. That is a an easy phone call to make. People yeah. that love you and yeah. you want to call them up. Yeah. Do that, and they yeah. love you even more for doing yeah, it. Yeah, building those, yeah, those are relationships you, you won't kill. They'll, they'll stay with you forever. Yeah, the realtors in the office who aren't doing anything because they got lots of time to chat with you, they're not making you any money at any all. Money. Yeah. <laughs> they're not doing yeah, any good. They're not making themselves any money or, or you, that's yeah. for sure. 
you know, now our business, we, you know, over 50, I did the numbers because um, I do the numbers every year. I figure out where my business is coming from. I figure out what my average dollar per deal is. And, and so then I start to use that for my next goal setting for the next year. And when I sit down with it, I was going, where's the business coming from? I write it all down. I keep records of it all because you can't change what you don't measure. Of course. Right. Yeah. You, you if you don't keep track of things or aren't diligent in that way. And it's not a lot of time. It's just being diligent. But sometimes it's just about having the systems or just having the ways to do it. So we provide that for people so that they have a way that they can record things. And then the systems that we teach uh-huh. are easy to do. You know, we, I found that with people that I've trained or worked with, if I can make it easy for them to implement, yeah. Yeah. Then, then they'll implement it. They'll yeah. actually create a new habit yes. if I can make it easy for them to do it. But if they also see the value in it and what the results will be if they do do it, it makes it a lot easier to set goals yeah. when you know your numbers. Yeah, the, va- the, yeah, the, the numbers are, are huge. And one of the things I, I, I teach in my course, and there's actually a, a partial cutaway of the spreadsheet in the book, mm. um, is how I, I track and monitor my goals. Yes. Um, actively every day yes uh while i'm selling cars and i actually it also tracks and projects my annual income mm-hmm. so no one not a single salesperson mm-hmm. that i've talked to in in the stores that i've been to i would say okay what are your goals for the year yeah and they'd say well my goal is to sell as many cars or as many homes as i can yeah well but, but that's not a goal yeah. right and and how do you track that goal yeah uh how do you monitor if you're behind or ahead yeah so these are things I have. I have these convoluted spreadsheets that look yep. like a financial statement, but I, I that has helped me to to grow mm-hmm. exponentially every year. And if you're falling behind, you know immediately. If you look at the projection yes. for your annual income and you know you're behind the average, it'll tell you right away that you're projecting less than what your goal is. Absolutely. So, so that's how you you monitor. Those are important. And going back to what you were saying about the about the clients, um, looking after clients, people will, from, from a loyalty perspective, because here's what you're, you're trying to create loyalty by mm-hmm. shifting the consumers or the, the clients thinking. Yep. You're shifting your you know your own mindset. You're you're approaching things from a different mindset because mm-hmm. you're solving someone's problem before they even have a problem. Yes. They then get used to the habit of not having any issues to deal with mm-hmm. having you take care of their housing needs me mm-hmm. taking care of their car needs yes you saying okay and being honest sometime and saying okay well this may not be the right time yes i've okay? done that or this may not be the right house for you absolutely or wait another month or two and that's what the clients like they mm-hmm. like the fact that they know i'll call mm-hmm. when the time is right absolutely right and absolutely. they don't have to worry about it just the other day, I had a lady, um, we sold a commercial building for her. She'd owned it for about 20 years with a, and she made some good money on it. And she wanted to help her son get into business. He had a truck accident and, and got some brain damage. And in that, what happened was his, his credit got tarnished. Uh-huh. And uh, the lady he ended up with, um, she had a little blip in her past too. And so, you know, and this is the thing. These are people. These are real people. Life happens. Yeah, it's real circumstances. People, right? But they're kind of embarrassed about it, right? And they don't want to talk about it. But if, if I can get in, get get into that trust circle with them where they all of a sudden look to me like an advocate. First of all, I should word this differently. If they don't think of me as an advocate or somebody that's in their trust circle, yeah. they're not going to share that stuff with that's me. Right. And this is where the frustration occurs. And and all of a sudden, you, you've gone a month and a half down a process with some people. 
and then you find all this stuff. Yeah, up. you don't know what the real problem was in the first place. And now, and now what happens? The salesman or the person who's not their advocate properly, mm-hmm. who's thinking, I'm going to sell these people a house, all of a sudden runs into a situation. He goes, I can't sell this person a house because yeah. of all this crap. They're yeah. jerks. Why didn't they tell me? Buyers are liars. You ever heard, yeah, you ever heard yeah. salesmen say yeah, that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you didn't ask the right questions that's in the your first own place. Fault. 100%. Right? And so I got in these conversations. I said, okay, it's going to be a little tough. Here's going to be some of the challenges we're going to run into. But you know what? We're going to work through it. Now we're honest. We're working through it. I understand the challenge. They shared it with me. They felt comfortable to share it with me. I'm going, great. Don't worry. Hey, man. Hey, I've been there. Yeah. I've had blips in my life happen yeah. too. It's yeah. all good. Yeah. But you know what? Let's get you through it. At the end of the day, we found that they're not able to buy today. And I said I said to them, to his mother, who was first my client, I said, I want to make sure we don't leave them on the street scratching their head, wondering what to do. Six months from today, I don't want them to be in the same position. Let's walk alongside them. Let's put them on a plan. Let's get them so that in three to six months, they're in a different position. So they're able to get into the market. It's important. This is a first home. We need to get them. This is how wealth is built. So we need to help these people do that. And she's like, Kelly, I have never had anybody tell me that. Before. You know, this is <laughs> this is something and that very line. Mm-hmm. I've never had anybody tell me that. Oh, no one's told mm-hmm. us that before. <clears throat> this is what I get almost every single day when I talk to a new client, because most of the clients I deal mm-hmm. with are yeah. existing clients. So yeah. they, they so now they they know the system. They know my thinking. They don't have to come into the store two, three times to, to buy a car. They come in usually once and that's to pick up their new car. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But but the new clients, but the new clients, including this week, ones that I've sold, I sold nine vehicles this week in three days. Wow. Uh, during a, sa- a sale that we we're having. And without fail, the, the first time clients would always say to me, nobody told us, you know, we could do it this way. Or we've never, you know, been informed about this before because there's so many different ways and that's part of what I'm going to be delivering tomorrow at at my workshop is people out there. Okay, most salespeople, like you know, are going for the quick sale. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's how much you want to pay. It's discounts. It's how much you can get for less. It's, you know, when, when can we do it? How much can you pay? Sure. Without really. Yeah. Adv- so the thing that's missing is advice. You are going to give advice. You're going to consult. Yes. You're going to ask questions. You're going to listen. Big thing is salespeople don't listen yes. and even when the clients are talking you're not hearing because you're actually not listening you're thinking way ahead too much about selling okay <laughs> yeah. which is <laughs> which which they'll quickly figure you out because uh and then take long yeah, yeah it won't take long <laughs> and then you'll realize why they won't call you back because if yeah. they run into a guy like myself or kelly you're not going to sell B- bottom line we're going to sell because we're going to create solutions yeah we're going to solve their problems mm-hmm. so um, is, is the advice. So there are multiple ways to lease a vehicle or to buy a vehicle. So clients will come in to us and say, mm-hmm. we want to buy, buy cash. You know, in our demographic, Oakville, Ontario, ton people, multi-millionaires are everywhere. <laughs> okay. Sure. So they can buy the dealership, some of them, if they want to. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. literally. And they'll come in and say, we want to buy cash. We think, you know, how would you like to, you know, how are you thinking? Well, we're going to buy cash. You know, we don't lease. We don't, we have the money. And they think automatically that that's the best deal. Because mm-hmm. people are, you know, from the old days in the 80s and the 90s, even early 2000s, if you had a cash and you were going to buy a house, or you're going to buy a car. Yes. You know, it's the best way to buy it because you're going to get the best price. And the best price means the lowest and it means it's the best deal yeah but today it actually doesn't mean it's the best deal anymore or it's yeah. the best way to acquire 
a vehicle mm -hmm. or a lot of products. Mm -hmm. uh, why put 60,000 or 100,000 of your own money into a car? That's mm -hmm. dumb, in my opinion, to begin with. Yeah. In, into such a depreciating asset. There's very little protection. Yeah. So once you talk to clients about the protection or the liability issues or how we can finance their car at zero or 1%, while they keep their money and make more than 1% or 2%. Mm -hmm. And they'll say, well, nobody structured it like that before. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden you become a trusted advisor. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Right? Because- You've just elevated yourself in their eyes. Yeah, because I'm saying to you, I, and, I, and I say these verbatim, I said, I can do this quickly. I can take your money in 20 minutes yeah. and this deal will be done, okay? Mm -hmm. But it's not the best way for you to acquire this vehicle. Mm -hmm. And they'll say, okay, now that now now all of a sudden I'm teaching. Yeah. And they're in a position of, okay, I'm listening. And, and they're Tell me the, more. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the difference. And once you can say that to that to a client, mm -hmm. okay, I understand you'd like to pay cash or I'd like mm -hmm. to understand you like this product or that service. Mm -hmm. And you'd say, okay, well, it may not be the right product or service for you, mm -hmm. but let me give you some advice and here's why. They'll, they'll listen to you. And you've mm -hmm. earned trust there. Yeah. Unlike any other person. Yeah. You know, you know, it's funny. We, we have this thing to overcome and, and it's that salesman stigma, Yeah, right? We both have it, um, from the car salesman world yeah. to the real estate world. I actually did some studying the other day and the, the realtor evolved after the, um, the Homestead Act was passed in the United uh -huh. States. Canada had a very similar thing. I just don't know what it was, uh -huh. but, um, the Homestead Act is 1862 and they just started giving land away and then the industrial revolution started kicking in and then people started to centralize and then they started to um, uh, have areas where, where people could start to buy. And then the banks got smart and the banks started going, oh, well, we can lend to like regular people. It's not the bank isn't just a place for rich people to keep yeah. their money anymore. Yeah. Right. Like it, it, all of a sudden it was just like, oh, we could lend and we can make money from that. And these people are working in jobs, these industrial jobs. Yeah. So they have a, an ability to pay it back. So now the average person could start to buy houses and homes and, and they start break up land and sell it and stuff. And so the evolution of that, but the first realtor mm -hmm. wasn't a realtor yet. He was a guy who had a listing, right? So he had this top hat and in his top hat, he had a list. So he would go talk to people and he'd say, okay, so how much would you like, you know, would it be cool if you got $2,000 for your land? And they would go $2,000 for my land. That'd be amazing. So then he'd go, then he'd put that in his hat. Okay. They want two grand. They'll agree to two grand. Perfect. So then you go talk to, hey, are you looking to buy some land over there? Some land right over there. <laughs> and they, you know, they'll take three grand. How do you feel about that? Three grand? Well, maybe 2,800. You know what? I think maybe I can convince them of that. <laughs> wow. So he would make a bump. On, and that's now illegal, uh, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't do that anymore. But, but that's how it all started. So yeah. that's what listings, that's the word listings came from, right? He had a list. And there was no laws. There was nothing governing that, that idea. We so, have to start somewhere. So, but, but imagine the trust factor, right? <laughs> yeah. So now the word gets out, yeah. right? The word gets out. And now, so who's this guy? He's running around snickering, yeah. going, I just duped a bunch of people out of money. And the, and the two parties on each side are going, I just got duped. So that's where realtors started from. And then the word realtor didn't get coined like when the National Association of Realtors uh, came, uh, got together around 1916. Mm -hmm. But at that point, it was all about selling, all about selling, all about selling. So they were salesmen right up to, because we kept all the information. 
just up until recently, when I got licensed in 97, we had the green book. And so we had all the information. We weren't allowed to give that book out to anybody. We had the information. It was horrible. It was black and white, little tiny little pictures with no information, no internet yet, by the way. I don't know, listeners, if you've ever heard of this, uh, but there was a time when there was no internet. I don't know. And it's not that long ago. It's not that long ago. It's not that long ago. There was a time. No internet. And you couldn't just pull pictures. But now the people can get the information video tours and we do 3d tours and all this stuff now there's so much information but now those same people need an advocate they need someone that, that they can trust. we're not i'm not gonna sell anybody a house uh-huh. right and they're not gonna buy a house that i talk them into that is not gonna happen yeah, yeah. my job is to elevate myself in the eyes of the consumer as their advocate right they need to hear that I'm there for them. When I say things to a, a, a new a buyer that I've just got to know, um, however that's happened, but I get to know a buyer. We get into a conversation, and I'll say things like, "You know what? We need to we need to make sure you make a really good decision because real estate is the best way for people to build wealth in their life. Uh-huh. It's it's the other way, right? Uh-huh. They work really hard and make their money, uh-huh. but real estate is an, is is one of the most common ways that people actually yeah. build wealth. And so I want to make sure that you at least get your start in that." that we don't make a bad decision as best we can. We're gonna, you know, so we're gonna make sure you look at enough stuff. There may be houses out there that you think I don't wanna look at, but you know what? Think of it as research. So I have no expectation in the beginning other than we're doing research right now. You're filling your brain with what you believe to be true. That's so comforting. And you're under, yes. Yeah. So now the guard goes down. Uh-huh. Okay, this person's in my corner. They're not trying to arm wrestle me into a deal. First house they show me, right? Yeah. They understand. Like this guy is just, he wants to wants me to make sure I make a good decision. And then we're going to negotiate well for him. And we're going to use, you know, good information to try yeah. and make sure they pay a fair price. But just hearing those words. And I think at the end of the day, if we need to get good at anything, and it has to be authentic, like uh-huh. you say. It has to be a real, and you have to really get into that mindset of outflowing. Yeah. If you're thinking outwardly and really thinking about how to help that person really, really, really well, and ways to do that and ways to communicate that, then what's going to happen is you're going to build trust. The foundation to all relationships uh-huh. is trust. Absolutely. It's the first thing. It's not the last thing. It's not developed later. It's the first. It's thing. the first thing. Trust is the first. Yeah, and if you, uh, you know, you know what happens if. It's just a, an uphill battle if, if uh, especially buyers or clients don't trust you in the first place. You and, know. Yeah, and even if something happens, like things happen in deals. Let's yeah. face it, things happen, right? Maybe someone drives off a lot, and I don't know. I don't think it ever happened with Alexis. But it's, if something happened, not your fault. Yeah. But you drive off that lot, and the transmission falls out of the car. <laughs> totally not your fault. Yeah. You did nothing to make that happen. But what happens to trust? All the things that you just said about that Lexus vehicle is you'll never be able to talk to that person ever again. And it's totally not your fault. Yeah. Yeah. It trust is killed. As soon as it kills a as soon as trust is betrayed, it kills a relationship. Yeah, and and very few of those relationships you're able to rekindle. You can't. You know, it's it's just you know, very, very difficult. Yeah, and I've I've had a few of those, um, both ways. Sure. You know, and we all learn. And sometimes it's because you don't you didn't take the time to understand people. Yeah. Um, and, and I had this happen to me, you know, even with with one particular automobile, one of my auto clients. And even though it wasn't my fault and it was a communication issue, mm-hmm. it, it, it almost doesn't matter. 
And it's so hard to, to then go back and say, well, you know, we didn't communicate properly. Mm. You know, even yeah. though your intentions were totally different. Totally. Yeah. So, but one of the things that has led me to the success that I've had in, in the automobile space is the fact that I dared to be different. Mm-hmm. Okay. So absolutely be different. Like I, I, I covered before, be a people, so be, be a people person, listen to clients well, yeah. uh, solve their problems for them so that they don't have to spend days and weeks doing it. Mm-hmm. And when I was on the road, contrast that to when I was on the road selling ads mm-hmm. and, and doing my, my marketing and advertising business, when I would travel to, you know, Iowa, you know, Florida, West Virginia, North Carolina. I mean, I've been to 41 states, folks, and eight provinces. Yeah. And many times to many of those places. Mm-hmm. And the question I've always asked myself is when you have half an hour or 20 minutes to see a client who's buying advertising, something that nobody wants to pay for. Mm-hmm. And back in the day, it was print advertising. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they still paid for it. And it was expensive. And yeah. it was expensive. And, this, and you had 20 minutes to, to do it. Yeah. And, half an, and, you, and you were able to still sell that person. I, I, I left asking myself why. I'd asked myself why several times. And that's what led me to create the sales success that I've had and to write the book because I realized, as the book says, when, when it starts, my goal was to answer the how and why questions of sales. Yes. It's not about what we can, because almost anybody can sell a product or service in exchange for money, but it's how, you know, and it's why. Why Why does it matter? Or what's the why, why way? Yeah. How does it benefit the client, etc. So those are the things. It's more the psychological aspect of it rather than just the contractual aspect. Well, this is an exciting time in our lives, my friend. You know, you have this awesome book, uh, The Read Method. And uh, I got an autographed copy, so I'm really excited about that. That's pretty cool. People need to read that book. People and, need to read that book. And and he, not just car salespeople. No. It, 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 the book was written not for automobile salespeople. It was written with stories and examples from my automobile sales career and sure. my advertising sales career. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. So the fact that I was able to travel North America and parts of the Caribbean and to sell advertising, I took a lot away from that. Mm-hmm. That was for eight years. The fact that I spent about 21 years at the time in automobile sales and, mar- and marketing and management Mm-hmm. So not just from a salesperson, but from a dealership owner, a used car dealership yeah. owner, yeah. from a in senior executive management at Lexus and at Toyota, mm-hmm. managing stores, I give the perspective yeah. of success from different levels, from ownership to sales to management mm-hmm. to travel, mm-hmm. okay, to dealing with clients in different markets. And that's the other mm-hmm. huge takeaway, huge lesson I learned was in traveling in different countries, mm-hmm. selling the same product yeah. to different types. Well, you wouldn't say types of people, but different people, different people from different uh, cultures. Sure, cultures, communities, yeah, different barriers, dem- too, barriers, right? yeah. demographics. Mm-hmm. You know, e- economic climates. Different cities have different issues. Yeah, and the fact that I was able to take money and to win sales and to win customers. Mm-hmm. from 41 states and hundreds of cities and then to have a lot of these clients and real estate agencies such as yourself help me to start my own company because yeah we were able to build up accounts yeah right and yeah. trust from the, because you're you know you're dealing with great service people would know where to find you you would answer the phone you would return the phone calls yeah you know good or bad 
you know, you're able to, that's how you build. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. so it's a that's work in progress, simple. but it's a uh, couple, couple more books on the way. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I've started with uh, my ebook, which I, I think has some valuable information in there. I haven't launched anything yet. So we're still new at the time of this recording. And um, I, I'm actually in the middle of rewriting it um, because I, I'm, I've, I've created a, a little bit of a more organized way of putting the information across now. So I'm really excited about that. But it's down the road a little bit. I think and one of my biggest testaments to the book was from, a, from an eighth grader. Mm-hmm. And I and it was it was a it was an email I totally was well, was totally unexpected. Yeah. From uh, and, and I did not recognize who this person was at all. I've never met her. But a young lady uh, two years ago sent me an email when she was in grade seven. First, when I was I was doing a book signing at one of the bookstores, and her parents bought a copy of my book, hmm. and uh, they took it home. And she started reading the book and she sent me an email to say, oh, yeah, my parents bought this book and uh, I just started, you know, I skimmed through it a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I'll a get 12 year old girl. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I'll get back to you and I'll let you know what I think. <laughs> okay. I, I, I swear, <laughs> like the first the first uh, first episode. Yeah. And then a year later, mm-hmm. the email comes again and she goes, you remember me? I'm in eighth grade now. Yeah. And she goes. I can't believe I'm saying this. Is what she, she how she started. Yeah. But you know, growing up, my parents and I thought I would become one of the big threes, like a lawyer, a doctor, or something. And I was actually thinking of going into medicine. And the gist of the email was, I can't believe that I'm actually considering going into sales after reading your book. Wow. Yeah. The fact that she's even thinking, thinking about, about career, career. at the age 13. And read the book. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that last episode. Here's the reality that you may or may not know. The top 20% of real estate agents take home 80% of the money out there, while the bottom 80% are fighting over 20% of the scraps that are left. Do you have a desire to be in the top 20%? If you're working hard and not sustainably making six figures of income and beyond, the problem is not you, it's your system. I struggled for years until one day the light bulb came on and I figured out how to simplify the real estate business. If you want to learn my secrets that anyone can implement immediately that I still use every day that pays me multiple six figures every year, go to 4xformula.com right now. That's 4xformula.com. The number 4xformula.com.